You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at weddingtonchurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 1. We'll begin at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, we'll begin at verse 26, where Luke writes, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege now of studying it together, especially as we get so much closer to receiving the Christ child. And now as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. I love nativity scenes. I, I enjoy looking at them, the ones that are figurines. But when we have nativity scenes like live nativities, it's always so much fun. Just last week when we had the children's Christmas program, which was absolutely a wonderful thing, we had children who were playing the role of Mary and Joseph setting up the nativity scene. It was precious. And this week at our church as well, with our preschool, we had two different children's Advent programs, Christmas programs, and and here in the chancel area, we had tiny little Joseph and tiny little Mary, and they were sitting here with the baby Jesus and the shepherds and the wise men and the angels and the star. It was absolutely precious, especially one moment when Joseph just finally puts his head down in his hands, and I thought, he just found out how much college costs. It was an exciting time, a beautiful time to be with these children. No one tells the story of the nativity like children 
telling about the Christ child. On Christmas Eve, we're planning to have the, the live nativity again. And, and it was so much fun last year as I was in the middle of the service and the live nativities there, right in the middle of the sermon, the donkey decided to sing out praise to God. Oh, there's something about those live nativities. And we love the baby Jesus. It's always so much fun to watch as well when we have those nativity scenes to, to see the little children trying to get a peek at the baby Jesus. Or they come up to the nativity scenes that are on the altar table or in various places in the church and they want to see the baby Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. We love babies. There's something about them. But in the nativity scene, there are two very special people, two very special people that God speaks to that have some incredible faith that allow this baby Jesus then to come into the world. Joseph and Mary, they're a special young couple. They were engaged to one another, and, and just like today, engagements in biblical times were so important. I mean, it was a time of betrothal then, which, just like an engagement today, except it was legally binding, but there would be all these parties. I mean, think about today when somebody gets engaged, the bride-to-be can't wait to show off her hand as she's showing the ring around. And, and then there are engagement parties. And, and then there are times when often you'll bring the, the two families together, the groom's family and the bride's family. Let's come together and meet each other, get to know each other. There, there's so much pride. And then there's the planning, the planning of the wedding, meeting with the pastor, laying out the ceremony. What is this going to look like? Setting up the festivities. You can imagine that Joseph and Mary were very excited. Mary planning her wedding. What will this be like? And all of a sudden, there's a curveball. We're told in Luke chapter 1 in the scripture we read that the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary. Now she's engaged. But Gabriel comes up to her and there's this initial shock. I mean, all of a sudden, there's an angel of God before you and he says, don't be afraid, you have found favor with God. Now, what a compliment. I mean, for God to send an angel to appear to you and share with you, you have found favor with God. You don't have to be afraid. This is a good thing, Mary. It's humbling she had to have felt so blessed by what Gabriel was saying. But then there was the, so since you found favor with God, well, you're going to have a child. And, and this child's going to be special. You'll name him Jesus. He'll be the son of the Most High. He'll be the son of God. And, and, and she is so perplexed. I mean, just imagine, she just saw an angel. And now the angel's saying, not only have you found favor with God, you're going to bear a child. And she goes, how can this be? How? How? I don't understand. How can I have a child? I've never been with a man I'm a virgin. And Gabriel tells her, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and, and will overshadow you. This child will be the Son of God. 
What I love is Mary has to be just overwhelmed at this point. She finds out that her cousin Elizabeth, who had been barren, is now six months pregnant with her child, who is John the Baptist. And Mary, in verse 38, says, Here am I, a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Again, we love the stories that go and they live happily ever after. This isn't one of those, or at least not yet, because now Mary has the task of trying to explain to Joseph what just happened. Joseph, we need to talk. And it's never a good thing when the person you love goes, you might want to sit down for this. We need to talk. Mary had to try to explain to him, this is what's happened. And Joseph's a great guy. He's a young carpenter. He's, he's poor. We know that when they're married and they make their offerings. They make the offerings of the poor. So they're blue collar. But he's, he's a righteous man. He's a good man, we're told. But this is hard to swallow. You won't believe what happened today. An angel of God appeared to me. An angel appeared to you? An angel of God appeared to me. Told me that I'd found favor with God. Wow. But then the angel said something interesting, and that's I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a baby. And, and it's gonna be God's child. And, and, and we're gonna name him Jesus. And it, it was more than Joseph could take. Now, we hear the story of them in the, you know, there in the nativity scene, there in the stable when the baby's born in the barn and then laid in the manger. But it, it didn't start that way. Actually, we know that Joseph, Joseph had a hard time buying the story after Mary had told him everything. When you read Matthew, you'll hear that, that Joseph was going to divorce her. See, in biblical times, an engagement, betrothal, was legal, so to break it, was the equivalent of a divorce. So listen to what the scripture says. Now this is Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, where Matthew writes, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now catch this. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss or divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they'll name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. I think sometimes we forget the human side of the people that are in the nativity scene. 
Joseph is excited. He has this beautiful young bride-to-be that he's engaged to. Hearing the message, I'm going to have a child. An angel appeared to me. I've never been with another man. So this baby is, is actually the child of God. Joseph, we're told here, if you read it, it's there. It was more than he could take. It was a bigger thing than, than he could actually believe himself. His dreams were crushed. It, it appeared that Mary had broken their covenant. It appeared that the trust had been broken. It was, was there some infidelity here? Was there some unfaithfulness here? It's over. Imagine, he... He shared with Mary, the, wet, the wedding's off. We're done. But he was a righteous man. He was a good man, and, and he loved her. He, he decided he, he did not want her to be exposed to public disgrace. He, he didn't want everybody to look down upon her, so he decided he would divorce her quietly. He didn't want to make a spectacle. The, the law, if you read the Old Testament, made it very clear if, if someone was unfaithful, they were to be stolen. Now she's with child. Joseph didn't want her set aside with a scarlet letter. But we're just gonna we're gonna call it off quietly. But then the angel of God appears to Joseph and, and he says to her, and again, I think when you read the two together, it changes how you read the Matthew story when, when the angel says the child conceived in her really is, because he had heard it. He had heard it from Mary. That's why he was going to divorce her. It really is from God. He, he really is the son of the Most High. And then God commands him, don't be afraid. Take her as your wife. And named the child Jesus. And Joseph then, he believes. Everything that Mary had told him is now confirmed by the angel of God. And, and he believes. It makes no sense. But he does exactly as God commanded. He, he marries the love of his life. He marries her, has the child, names him Jesus. What a special couple. Think about what it would be like if this was your family. Imagine if, if your daughter came home and said, guess what, I know we're engaged, but here's what's happening. Imagine Joseph having to go try to explain to his parents, here's what's happening. She's going to have a child. No, we've not been together. No, it's not mine, but it's, it's not anybody else. Imagine that conversation it wasn't easy to be Joseph and Mary. We put a smile on their face and walked them into the, main, into the stable. They had incredible faith. Amazing faith. And as a result, they, they see some incredible things. Faith. When we read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we're told that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The assurance of things that are hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. None of the evidence seemed to point to what the angels were saying, and yet Mary and Joseph believed anyway. 
They believed. Joseph accepts what the angel says, what Mary has said. He believes and he witnesses a God thing. Mary. Mary knew that she had never been with a man and now she's with child. She's one who at such a young age is willing to say to the angel of the Lord, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your will. That's incredible. Few of us are ready to say, here, here am I, God. Use me however you would want to, especially with something as incredible as this. I love the scriptures of faith where, for example, Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. That's Proverbs 3 verse 5. One of my favorite scriptures as well, again, is in the gospel according to Mark, Mark chapter 9, when there's a father who's seeking for his son to be healed. The disciples can't pull it off. He looks to Jesus, says, if you're able to do anything, and, and Jesus says, if... If you're able, all things are possible to those who believe. And the Father says, I believe, help my unbelief. And in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus says, you know, I truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed... You could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move and nothing will be impossible for you. Paul, when he's writing his second letter to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We always hear that seeing is believing. One of the things we learn in the scripture is that actually believing is seeing. The world teaches seeing is believing. But what we learn in the Bible is that believing is seeing. Joseph and Mary have this incredible faith. They believe in spite of the fact it doesn't make sense. And they see God do this incredible thing, bringing into the world the Savior of the world. It reminds me as well of the resurrection story that we read in John chapter 20. Remember, Thomas wasn't there when Jesus first appeared to the disciples. And he says, unless I see it for myself, I won't believe it. Seeing is believing. When Jesus appears to him again and offers him, touch my hands, put your hand in my side. All of a sudden he falls down and cries out, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. When I look at the nativity scene, yes, I want to pick up the baby Jesus. But I admire Joseph and Mary. The incredible faith that they had allowed them to see some things from God that allowed us then to be able to experience the gift of the baby, the gift of the Christ child. The other thing that I always think of this time of year is, do I have the faith 
Would I have had enough faith? Would God have been able to look at me and call me by name and said, I'm, I'm going to do this incredible thing. You found favor with God and, and here's what's happening. Or I want you to, to believe what you're hearing and don't be afraid because everything you're hearing is true. Would I have the faith to step out like Mary and Joseph did? Could God use me? Because one of the things I think is important for us to remember when we read the Scripture here, both of them had incredible faith before the angel spoke to them. And I think that's how God knew that He could use them because both of them were already incredible in their faith. For example, again in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, the angel said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. I mean, you're favored by God. God is with you already before she ever heard about the baby. And when Joseph, when it was more than he could take in Matthew 1.19, we're told that, that being a righteous man, he was unwilling to put her to public disgrace. He was already a righteous man, already a man of faith, a man of God, a man who wanted to do the right thing before he ever, before he ever heard from the angel, before the angel ever spoke to him. So do I have that, that kind of faith? One of the things I think we learn in the Scripture is if we nurture our faith and our relationship with God where God can say, I am with you. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. You are with God. You are one with God. You're in a relationship with God. Or as God says to Joseph, a man who is righteous, don't be afraid, I am doing something incredible. If we nurture our faith, our relationship with God, with the Christ child, what are some ways God can use you and God can use me? Not that we will be Joseph and Mary and bring the Christ child back into the world, although that's not out of the question. But what is God's calling for you and for me? that would allow us to be used by God in such a way that could change the lives of someone else. Greetings, favored one. My prayer for me and for you this Christmas as we prepare to hold the Christ child, as we look at Joseph and Mary, is that we have Christmas faith where God can use us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.